Hey everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Overlay a Poker Podcast, brought to you by CCG Poker, Chicagoland's number one live charity poker experience. Hey Brando, what's going on? What up? How are we doing? We're good. We're good. It's almost March. The weather's looking good. It's I know, like 50, 60 for you. I didn't even know what to wear. It's warm. Uh, I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it again, so I guess it doesn't matter. But I do love the fact that in Chicago, you can always get at like 55 to 60 degrees, you get every single type of article of clothing worn. You can walk down the street, and you see people in shorts and a tank top and flip-flops, and you see people in snow boots, parka jacket, and like a snow snow cap. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you, they just, everything in in between, you, everybody just is like, well, whatever you're comfortable with, like 55. Well, like all the combos, all the combos. Anything's are cool. Yeah, it doesn't matter. What it's like free reign. It's like the perfect, um, uh, GTO for weather is at 55 degrees. Is just anybody can pull off anything. All of the the right, hands, all the ranges, all the ranges yeah. are open. Yeah, you could do whatever you want. Like 80 degrees wearing like a uh, what do you call snow those? Snow cap. You're gonna be. You're gonna look like an idiot. Yeah, but like like a like a snow hat. Like what do you call it? Like a a beanie. I don't say beanie. A knit hat. What does Ryan say? A toboggan. I don't know. I don't know. Canadians got different. A winter hat. I just say a winter hat. I guess if you're gonna wear a, you, yeah, eighty degrees. You're wearing a winter hat. You look weird. You know, fifty five. Not weird. Right. Also, twenty degrees. You're wearing shorts. You get called out. Like, come on, man. Right. Like, Every time you wear shorts in the middle of winter, I always say, "What are you doing? It's what are you doing? Twenty five degrees outside." And then I like to rebuttal with, "Yeah, but I spent four seconds outside and thirteen hours inside." Well, that is true. And it's 72 in here. So, uh, But where would a poker player be without defending his bad plays to his friends and other poker players? Which brings true. us to today's, um, today's episode uh, idea? Theme. Theme. Episode theme. Whatever the hell we're going to talk about today on the overlay, we're going to talk about bet sizing, which is one of these great uh, actual researched uh, podcast, which means Brandon has done research. I have done nothing, and I'm only going to ask questions and interrupt with mildly funny jokes, depending on how my day is going, uh, for comic relief. So get ready for a technical episode by Brandon, co-hosted by Ken. All right, is this where I, is this where I go? Yeah, that's your cue to start. All right, sweet. Well, the problem with bet sizing is uh-huh. there's so many... There's so many different situations. True. There's so many different, you know, uh, areas of the tournament that we're in. I think we're going to be mostly talking about tournament bet sizing here. Okay, cool. Uh, cash game bet sizing, it's still kind of the same as it's always been. The bet sizes are bigger. You can always reload. There's no blind pressure coming. The blinds aren't going up. Your stack size isn't shrinking. If you bust out of chips in a, in a cash game, you can just buy more, right? So that's Theoretically, yeah. more standard and kind of tailored to the fact that you never really run out of chips in a cash game. You're on a time so, constraint in a tournament. There is no time constraint in a cash game. The blinds are the same. They're not changing. You don't have to move those 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 bets around based off of the actual blinds because it's going to be the same. If you play one, two, these are what your bets are, and you kind of know what they are, and they don't change throughout the day. It's not like if you've been playing in a one, two game for eight hours that uh, you got to start changing the bet sizing at the end. Or maybe you do. Correct. Eh, not really. Okay, but cool. and you're also going to be, you know, your stack, stack depth is really going to be the same. I mean, you're going to be sitting in a one-two game with 200 to $800 mm-hmm. for your pretty much entire life. I mean, obviously, there's sometimes you get short stack and there's sometimes you build a huge stack. But generally, but relatively when speaking, you're playing poker in a one-two game, you're going to have yeah. you know, 200 to 400 big blinds, and you're going to play appropriately with that stack. Right. Now, a tournament, however, you start with a 1,000 big blinds. Then there's times you got six. Then there's times you spin it back to 100. Then the blinds come at you again, and you're down to 30. And through all those, you know, ups and downs. Ebbs and flows, valleys and ebbs, mountains. Alleys and mountains. No, valleys. Oh, valleys. Not alleys. Why would it be an alley? I don't really know. I, I, I misheard what you said there. Uh. So through all those different uh, you know, time frames of a tournament, your your bet sizing is gonna change kind of drastically. And 
apparently, according to the solvers and what I'm reading, it matters a lot to your bottom line. So really? I guess we're just going to get right into yeah, it. Yeah, jump I mean, in we, it. All, we all know that in 2024, we're not raising 4X anymore pre-flop, right? I mean, we're all know that Ooh. we're down to the two, the 2.25Xs. And I'd like to plead the fifth on that one. Okay, well, we, you know that you're supposed to be betting 2.25 to 2.6X or somewhere in that range. 3X is now a, a big raise pre-flop. Really? Back in, yeah, back in 2011, remember, we'd be online and we'd just click yeah. 4 or 5X. Okay, ripping 3X. Ripping That's 3X. Or, pre-flop with my ace jack. <laughs> and then what happens? And then if you got 3-bet, it would be 12X. It would be four times that much. And Jesus. you'd be calling with ace jack and going to the flop with, 12 big blinds each in there and 24 bigs in the flop. And if you flopped an ace, how much would you bet? All of it. A lot. (laughs) You bet 20 bigs, 18 bigs. I mean, these are huge bet sizes in today's game. And generally, the computers say that's not very good. It's not ideal. Not ideal. So So, what is ideal? So we're just going pre-flop in a tournament. You're looking at 2.2. To 2.6x. And is there a variation on that? Are there extremes that you want to change it? Meaning if I'm getting into the hand and uh, obviously, you know, position's going to play some roles in here, but like go with like, I've got a hand that, I'm trying to think of the opposite. Like if you have aces, you still do 2.6? I mean, I know you don't want to telegraph that I have a big hand. So on my big hands, I seem to be raising 3x. And on my mediocre range hands, I'm betting 2.5, which is just screaming to the players around me going, hey, we can peg Ken for a range here much easier because dummy O just keeps betting the same thing every time. How does that come into play? I don't know if I threw um, off yeah. the speech here, but no, 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 it's fine. I mean, you you really do want to be consistent regardless of what your hand holding is, okay. because these days we're playing a range of hands. So whether you have the bottom of that range being whatever ace seven suited mm-hmm. or the top of the range being aces, it's still that whole entire range that we're playing. So we're trying to get less into us playing our particular a specific two cards that hand. we're looking at. Okay. And more so as like well, these are all the types of hands we would be playing. I want to play a seven the same way as I play aces. So that way they can't put me on one hand or the other. Correct. And even more so, I think now um, people are betting less with their good hands. And that's, I don't mean to say less with their good hands, but I would say that, oh, I would be more suspicious that a guy only doubled it and he had aces, whether a guy right. had aces mm. because of the fact that everybody's folding to these huge four X's now and you, you want action with your good hands and you're going to be betting people out by sizing up. So Ooh, term of the day, sizing up or, or, or the real term of the day is going to be sizing down. I know because, because the trend here in these, in these tournaments these days in 2024 and what the solvers are spitting out is that less is more, less is more. Um, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess we can just go in. So pre-flop, you're just going to be opening to standard, whatever, 2.5x. We'll just call it 2.5x for easy math. Okay. Now your three bets. You look down at whatever. It's the hijack, and you got king-queen suited, and Kenny's been opening 44 hands in a row, and you say, I want to three-bet this hand. We're going to say the blinds are 501,000 for our nice easy math. Kenny made it 2,500, 2.5x, just what he was supposed to. Now it's on Brandon here. I look down at King Queen of Hearts. I say, I'm going to three bet it up. How much am I going to three bet to? You think? I'm asking you. Uh, uh, now remember, I'm in position on you, and that kind of matters a little bit, right? In position or out of position. So if so you're one thousand to twenty five hundred, uh-huh. I mean, minimum raise is is what? Uh, not very much. Uh. I don't know, like six? Six is pretty solid. Yeah. Now, I was thinking not quite 3X, so my fast math was 7,500 is 3X, so I'm going to go just slightly below that, which I guess, I don't know if it's exactly two and change, but I'm a little more than double. That's pretty good. So I would have said 7,000. See, I have great that. intuition. I just don't know it, but go ahead. Seven. Yeah, 7,000 would be what the computer spit oh, out. Oh, seven. Three bet. 
Yeah. Hmm. So almost three X. Okay. Right. Is it like two point five or like two point yeah, seven? Two point. Yep. Those are all okay. two point five, six, seven, eight, okay. nine. I'm just generalizing here. Seven thousand seems like a nice round even number for the viewers at home. For sure, makes math simpler. Yep. Seven big blinds going in. Okay. Now let's say you raised the button because mm-hmm. you've raised forty five hands in a row, and I got king queen of hearts in the small blind and I still want to three bet you because I want to punish you that you've been raising every single hand. Right. How much am I going to three bet you now? Now that I'm in a small blind, which means I'm out of position. Is it going to be more or less? I feel like it's got to be more. Okay. Do you know why? No. Again, good intuition, terrible scientific reasons. Uh, obviously you're going to play out of position. So I don't have the luxury of waiting for him to make a bet into me, uh, post flop. So if I miss my flop, uh, what am I going to do? Do I just continue it? Uh, so you bet, uh, say, I feel like to put more pressure on him, I, I got to bet a little bit more. All right. So more, more is the correct answer. Yeah. Again, you're, you're crushing this interview here, right? I just don't know why here. I'm just guessing. So it's going to be more like four X. No so shit. Yeah, so all the way up to 10. 10K? So 25, you're going to go up to 10. Maybe 85, 9, but really more like 9 or 10K, huh? Right, right. 9 or 10K as opposed to 7 or 7,500. Okay. And the reason is, is you want, you kind of want to bloat the pot, make it bigger. So your SPR, which is your stack to pot ratio, is smaller, which leads to like less creativity. It has to be more face up. It gives you less of a chance to get outplayed. Okay. Because their stack size is kind of diminished. No, it's marginally diminished, just a little bit. But does that make sense? No, yeah, yeah. Because you want to give them less options in position, so you want to make the pot bigger earlier. So, you know, the money might be they have less. The they have less rope to either right. There's w- less creativity. Hang themselves or, less- or win the yeah, win the pot right. Because you they get they get to realize their equity a lot easier than you because. You know, they get to check back anytime they want. I mean, you right. have to check out a position. They get, oh, let's see a free turn. Let me check back. Well, now, you know, they get they get the lead in the hand more often. They get the chance to bluff you more often by you having to check a lot out of position, especially in three-bed pots. So what you really want to do is charge them for it early. So that's kind of the first blanket rule here is when we're three-betting, we're three-betting more out of position. Than in position because in position we're like I- I'm loving life I'm thinking seventy five hundred I hope they call with their jack nine of hearts or give them all those medium strength hands you're you're willing to go to a flop in position with king queen of hearts against the jack nines the jack tens the the sevens the eights all these middle hands that they would open with and then call a three bet with right you're you're kind of happy to go to the flop um, which is why you're going to give them a nice price of seven thousand. 9,000, you're like, all right, man, or nine or 10,000. It's like, all right, man, like we're, we're, we're battling here. It's off to the races. Like you want to play your Jack nine. It's going to cost you 10,000 pre-flop. If you're with the flop, I'm going to be pounding again. And, you know, it really doesn't give them much room where if they miss the flop, they can, there's no floating. There's no like, ah, I got a backdoor flush draw and a gutter. Let me, let me see a turn and then see what happens. You're really kind of getting rid of all of that by by sizing up with your big three bet out of position early on, right? Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, so now we're into C bets. I like C bets. C bets and flop bets are really the focal point of this. I guess I don't want to say lesson, but sure. This this theory that we're talking about bet sizing it really comes down to how much you're betting on the flop. So. You open up the uh, the ace jack and it comes ace eight three rainbow. That's a pretty dry board, right? Mm-hmm. You're into three guys. There's ten k in there because there was you, you made a three thousand and two guys called. And then there's some annies. There's ten k in there. It's on you, Kenny. How much are you gonna bet? Ace eight three rainbow. You got ace jack. Checks to you. You're in position. Is this the the scenario where I three bet to seven? No, 7, new hand. Oh, no, new hand. What you hand? made a three thousand. Two guys called. There's nine thousand in there. There's a little bit of change in there from an Annie. Ace, eight, three, rainbow. Small blind checks, big blind checks. Over to Ken. 9,000 in the pot? 9,000 in the pot. How much are you going to bet? 3,500. Final answer. Pretty good. 
They're even saying less than that. I was thinking a third of the pot was what my so idea was. So you really, was. they're talking about quarter pot? Four to Jeez. a six. A what? Six. A six? Yes. I haven't so thought about six since I was in college and I was trying to buy an eighth of something. Yeah. That's and really like hard six, math. Eighths, twelfths. Yeah. Yeah. Bad math there. That's tough. An eighth of an ounce? So, the fuck is that? I don't know. So the reason is, is because the board's so dry. You don't want to chase away. There's you want to keep them in the hand. You want to keep the really bad hands in. You also want to keep that the weaker aces. Okay. Yeah. You want you want to yeah. Correct. I mean, you want to give everybody full range of of everything that they want to do is at their horizon with a two hundred chip bet. Two hundred into nine hundred. It's kind of tough to play. I mean, what do you do with King Queen? You call your phone. Now, uh, can I stop you for one second? Do you yeah. have to be willing with this type of play to just go, okay, I understand that, um, you know, if I lose the pot to a, a, a you know, a, a stupid turn of river by another player, that you just accept those as part of the play now? Correct. You know that what I mean? Like is, you, you can't yeah, allow yourself to get. That's a very big concept. You, you got to go into that knowing that. that I, I might correct. lose this hand. To get my maximum value from this hand, there are times in which I'm going to get to, to, yeah, to entice it's, players to call with bad hands. Occasionally you lose with, to those bad hands and you can't be pissed about it. When you do, it's just like, well, that sucked, but on to the next one. I think that's hard to do, but correct because you're gonna you're gonna raise with ace jack, you're gonna flop an ace, you're gonna bet two hundred into nine hundred, and you might be getting called by three four of diamonds on ace eight three, which is exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. And when the turn comes to harmless four, you're just gonna lose the hand, or or you get called by ten eight of hearts on ace eight three because you're inviting the eight to put more chips in the pot. This is what you guys want to do. Sure, sometimes it's going to turn an eight, and you're going to lose the big pot, the 10-8, and it's going to be stupid. Or they're going to turn a 10, or they're going to run a runner, a backdoor flush. These are all the things that you want. I, you know, I'm not saying you want them to happen. Well, you just However, have to be prepared to that they are going the to happen. Right, and you want to give them the chance to put in their bad money and make that happen because you're winning in the long run. Like We're talking about theory of how you're going to play for the rest of your life, not how... Right, you know, one single tournament is going to go. So, or even you, one hand, or or one hand. You're right. right. You you're wanting ten eight of hearts to put chips in when you flop an ace and they flop an eight. You want to give them that because here's the problem: you raise and there's nine thousand in there, and it comes ace eight three, and you bet seven thousand. Well, now three four folds, and now ten eight folds, and you just take down the pot of nine hundred. Yeah, you get anything for it, right? You didn't get anything for it. You flopped an ace. You kind of hit your gin and, and hold them. I mean, flopping top pair in, in our single raised pot is, is a beautiful thing. Or or you end up getting called, and then that player ends up having you know a slightly better ace, ace queen, ace eight. You know, correct. You're like backing yourself into a corner right. to, to win small pots or lose big pots. I hate and I hate even that. when even, I know, and even when you have somebody cooler, let's say you have ace king in this spot of ace eight three. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you start pounding the flop for 7,000 and then they call, there's 23 in there, and then you fire 20,000 on the turn, well, now even ace-queen and ace-jack, hands that you just coolered, are now going, uh, this is warning signs here. What am I doing? Like, they're even going to fold those hands. Even hands you have coolered are now only getting one street of value from, whereas if you just played small ball and bet small flop, medium turn, medium river, you get three streets from ace queen and you take down an even bigger pot. I do like it. Um, I mean, it makes so the sense. Reverse, yeah. And then the reverse side of that is here. I'm always talking about our value hands. What happens when we open with king queen and it comes to ace eight three. Now we get to baby bet 200. Mm-hmm. Sure. They might come along with an eight or a three and they're beating us now, but we have the range advantage, right? We have all the strong hands. We have all the aces. So now bluffing is a little bit easier too, because now you open with King queen, ace, eight, three, you've got 200. The guy has pocket fours. They're like, screw it. I'm out. The other guy's got 10, eight. He calls one street turn comes a brick. You bet again, all of a sudden this guy's like, man, this guy really probably does have an ace. 
And now you got the. You might even get Ace Jack to fold here because he might be thinking, "Uh oh, Brando's got Ace King or Ace Queen." Correct. So now, now you get to get value and bluff and win the hand all with King High, because mm-hmm. you bet small on an Ace High board. Yeah, I never think of hands in a range format. I I find I get much more narrow, and I'm going to have to work on that uh, for the future. Is I do get very narrow on what I think people have, um, especially in Hold'em. Two-card PLO, uh, regular PLO, I, I I feel like I can put a player on a range better. Be like, well, if he's got a straight draw, then this will happen. If he's got the flush draw, then this will happen. And it's like, to me, that my mind works better on the ranges when I'm looking at a uh, you know that board, you know, uh, Jack 8-3, I can put the guy on, okay, well, he's betting into me. What do I think he has? Maybe he's got 9-10. Does he have a set of eights? Does he have a set of threes? Does he have ace, jack, jack? So, you know, like I can I can put stuff on there and then based on what I have, I can be like, all right, this is how I want to navigate the hand. I, I'm not nearly as good at that in Hold'em. I have a, a, so much harder of a time doing that exact same thing because it's like, well, they only have two cards. So like, my brain just goes, oh, it must be less less possibilities. But in all actuality, the same possibilities exist. It's just the range is wider or Yeah, it's it's harder to put it's it's easier to put somebody on four cards than it is two cards. Yeah. As weird as that's that sounds, that's a fair because, point. That's a that's a really fair point when you say it. But it, it's it's almost like it should be reversed. But right. it's like I feel more so many more possibilities with four cards. No, there's it's actually less it feels like it's less. Actually less. It like feels that, like right. less. Right. It hold them. It's like they can have anything. Like they, they, only they can got have anything. Right. So, so how do they ever have anything? I don't know. Yeah. I get what your mindset is saying there with the two card PLO. I told you, I have really good intuition, but I don't actually know how to describe it. Uh, maybe that's not a great uh, resume for a poker podcast, but <laughs> hey, I'm, the, I mean, I'm just a fun you know, guy. So another reason why we're using small bets is because we really don't have to deny anybody equity. There's no straight draws. There's no flush draws. There's like nothing that we want to charge, right? It's on these dry boards. It's basically like pairs and sets. And when you got the toppest pair with a good kicker, you're in pretty good shape. Now there is one little, um, Oh, blip. No, not really a blip, but if you're facing a, a terrible player, the fish, you don't really want to size down too much. So we're anybody. Hold that, on. So far, all we've discussed is like our mentality and what we are trying to represent as our range and kind of how to play those uh, efficiently. Now, if we now you're throwing in another factor. That's why poker's so fucking hard. It is because now, it's very, now you're throwing in like, are you playing an aggro player who's just ripping bets all the time and rolling over shit hands, or are you playing the kind of old guy knit or young guy knit as they like to be called now um you know that's a totally different it's too many stuff for me to think about but go ahead i mean you're familiar with the term inelastic right from your uh elasticity i do know what elasticity is a price i can i can do a price elasticity for sure yeah so inelastic prices is something like insulin right where Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it costs 70 dollars or 700 you're buying it somebody would die Somebody with diabetes is buying insulin yep. no matter how much it costs. If I say it's $1,000 a shot, okay, well, that sucks. I'm going to have well, to start sucks, selling drugs. But I, I got to live. Right. So um, so that's inelastic. Well, it's the same thing with bet sizing. If you got a guy who's going to call 200 or 800, it doesn't matter. If he's got a pair of threes, he's calling your bet. These are the times you want to get away from the theory. Okay, cool. The computer is telling me to bet 200. The problem is, is that I know this guy's going to, if he's going to call 200, he's going to call 700. Right. So I'm just value owning myself by not betting 700. This is why poker isn't just all straight and arrows. Like the, every single situation is different. And, and if there's like a third much. guy in the hand, then that's going to affect your decision as well. Cause it's not so straightforward as like, well, I did this in the flop and uh, I, I now I have position. And I'm going to bet another, you know, whatever the case may be 2.5 or three X or four X or one, one, one X or 0.25. I don't even know that was a bet sizing availability. I guess two, five of the actual pot. But yeah, I, this is this is the 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 train of thought that my brain doesn't go down. I don't know if I just right, you just start firing bets. Yeah, just, you don't even. I'm firing bullets. I'm a I'm a I'm a spray and pray at times. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, 
There's a lot of variables. To Please don't exploit me at the next time that you guys are playing with me. See, <laughs> so guys, Kenny's one of the guys where if he's calling 200, he's probably calling 600. 1,000%. So, so size up you for just lo- You lost the potential to make an extra $400 off of me if you bet 200 uh, instead of six because I would have called for six. Like immediately when Kenny sees 200 into 900, he goes, well, they're an idiot. I would have called 600 yeah, here. So. I'd, have bet, I'd have called more for and, that. And then you call 200 mm-hmm. and see a turn. So um, I think board texture is very huge. And I think we're going to go to the other side of the board texture as opposed to the ASA three boards. When you Where you're raise. pretty safe. It's easy. You're not worried about a lot of stuff here or a lot of connectors. Go ahead. Now on the other side of like a 10, nine, five. Can we with stick with the hearts. ace jack? Cause I like to, I like to know that I have one hand and it's easier to deal with. So we just have ace jack the whole, the whole lesson. That's fine. Sure. I like ace jack. Yeah. Go ahead. So now, now you have ace jack. Okay, so, We're in position. Right, so let's just say it comes. We two point five x pre flop. Flop comes down. There's five k in the pot. Fifty five hundred, I guess. If there's a small blind in there, uh, and the flop comes out, what? What's a bad wet? What's a wet board, Brando? Jack ten seven. Fuck. Two hearts. I don't like that. <laughs> two hearts too. You, you got you got ace That's jack. A flood. That's a flood. I'm flooded. <laughs> I, I don't you I didn't like it at Jack 10 7. I hate it at Jack 10 7 two hearts. That's now remember this is hold them. There's only two cards. So nobody ever you're always saying nobody ever has a flush and hold them. Nobody ever has I always think they have a flush. So on this now board, what are we doing? Exact same situation, 900 in the pot. Uh-huh. We ain't betting 200 anymore. Okay, cuz it's too wet. How much are we how much yeah, it's too wet. It's a flood. You just said it. How much are we betting? I mean, seven fifty. Okay, that's a little high. Okay, we'll have them right in the middle of those two. So instead half of pot, great, a little so bit more than four fifty. Okay, five hundred. Five hundred is a nice, easy. A little more than half. You, you flick out a little brown chip at CCG. Five hundred. I Boom. do like it because sometimes you can you can put off like a like a I don't like a devil may care vibe by just ripping out a 500. I also like to throw out a a 500 at that point and be like, "Oh, fuck, wrong chip." Then you really confuse people, but go ahead. So we we have to protect our equity here. There's just too much going on. And 750s too much to protect or we're not well, going to get enough calls. Yeah, no, you're going to get calls, but you're going to start value owning yourself. You don't want to just right. put all your chi- I mean, you only got top air, top kicker. It is a wet board. People are going to be calling with all kinds of stuff. And um, yeah, 750 is just too much to commit because now you're bloating the pot. No, I didn't think about it because then the next bet is going to be different as well. Correct. Okay. There's another bet. There's two more bets. That now, I if I do in. get a call, I got the 14 plus the nine in there. Now you're at what? 2,300 in chips in your scenario. Now it changes when you're playing a tournament where you start with, you know, whatever, 10K in chips, 20K in chips. It's a much bigger pot. Ooh, I like that. Stack right. to pot ratio. Yeah. Plus, mm. we're not, you know, we're not trying to play for, for stacks here. I'm no. not like we're sizing. We're not sizing up to jam the river. Okay. Which is, you know, that's something we need to be aware of is, you know, seeing how much is in our stack. If we've got this much on the flop and then this much on the turn, we should have a pot size river to jam with on the river. Right. Our hand isn't that strong. We're not, we're not setting up for three barrels. Sure. Three three streets of value and, a, and an all-in and a call on the river here with Ace Jack. What, what we're doing here is we're betting for value with our top pair, top kicker. We're trying to deny and charge some equity or, you know, deny some equity from the people that, like, got gutter balls. Like, what is it, Jack 10-7? Mm-hmm. Like the Ace Kings and the Ace Queens. We really don't want them calling on the flop. They yeah. got a gutter. They got what they think is two overcards. It's really only one because we got them. We have their Ace blocks and stuff. But those are the kind of hands that are probably we're trying to get to fold for 500 that are calling for 200 because we're trying to deny that equity. And if they call, then they call, and that's fine too because then we got value and they're chasing. But we're denying equity, and at the same time, we're protecting our hand. And at the same time, the people with the real draws, let's say the ace, queen of hearts, which is the real draw here, we're now charging them to see their royal flush draw. We're now making them pay up and also going to put them in a bad spot if they miss the turn because we get to bet again. And, uh, yeah, so that's how we should be constructing kind of our flop size bets. It should be, A, 
based on your views of how you think the player is. If it's an inelastic player, we're sizing up no matter what. B, we're going to use the board texture to our advantage. The wetter it is, the more we're going to go up. The reason for, we have to protect. We want to charge. We don't want these suspect hands getting in for cheap. Whereas on A-Shade 3, we kind of want the suspect hands getting in for cheap. Go ahead, get in there. You, you want to have a pair of threes against my pair of aces? Let's go. Great, yeah. But on, on the Jack-10 sevens, not so much. So, I mean, that's kind of my pre-flop. I'm sorry, that's kind of my post-flop sizing. I don't know what kind of questions you got. No, that makes sense. I like the idea of... I would have thought there'd be a bigger range, and I guess you got to think of it in matter of, like, you know, do you, is it based off the I mean, we're pot? all simplifying things here. But. Oh, for sure. It makes it harder. Plus, it's always hard when I don't have, like, a visual aid. I mean, is this an audio medium? So it's going to be a little difficult to do, but I, I like that. I like the idea of um, kind of having an idea of what you want to bet based on what's in the pot, and, and I do have a tendency to bloat the pot, which either causes me to lose big hands... Uh, and I get more aggravated by, I would, I guess when I brought it up earlier, it's like, well, you got to be prepared to lose some of those pots because you're not betting enough to get players out, but then you're also not getting paid off on those kind of ace jack type hands. Um, so, you know, as long as you're winning more than losing, that's a good thing. Um, I like it. I think we also, I I think I've learned something. I kind of want to highlight something as well as when we we're, we're playing this the exact same way when we don't have ace jack here, but we have, you know, something else that didn't hit. King you know Queen. I'm saying? King Queen, right. Ace 10. Yeah. Queen All 10. This whole range of hands that were opening in the middle of a tournament from middle position, that whole range of hands, we're kind of playing them all the same in terms of what our bet sizing is going to be when we choose to wait. Right. So I think, but we do need to be aware of our stack and how much we're putting in on our stack on the flop because there is two more potential wagers. True. So that that's something that that's why you don't just want to bang seventy five percent of the flop, and then the turn comes and bang seventy five percent of the turn. Then the heart comes on the river, and you got two thirds of your whole stack in there, and the heart comes, and now they jam on you, and it's like, it's like what am I going to do? Well, what am I going to do? It's like, well, you should have sized it better, right? <laughs> and didn't put in all those chips on the first two streets, and now you're kind of left hanging, and it goes vice versa when you're running a bluff. You don't just want to pound the flop pound the turn and leave yourself with pennies to jam on the river it's like well they're already made it to the river they're probably not going to fold for your last right. twenty thousand when they put fifty thousand in there you didn't you leave yourself sized- enough creativity enough play to make them think you didn't give them a chance to fold like if it's only another you know whatever 25 it doesn't matter i mean if it you know if it's not enough to entice them to fold then it's like well then again should have bet you should have like if they weren't scared Right. If you weren't, if they weren't scared of the scared of the two cannons that fired off at the, at, on the flop and the turn, they're not going to be scared of a little pea shooter. By your, by on the river. shooter, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, um, so you really do need to like carefully construct. Well, what am I going to do here on the turn and the river? Um, and that's kind of got to be how you construct your bet sizing, especially with your bluffs. I mean, you want to be bluffing a pot size bet on the river. Yeah. You don't want to be bluffing a third of the pot. So, yeah. So I think moving on to the turn, mm-hmm. let's move right into the turn. We're going to keep, keep, keep going with our ace jack. So now we got ace jack on ace, eight, three. We see bet 200 into 900. Both guys call. All right. Yeah. Shit. Or yay. I don't know which we're, one yeah, it is. Exactly. We're not, we're not all shitting. We're, we're going yay. All right, so now we got 900 in there plus the 600, right? 200 and 200. I'm excited to hear what the turn is. What's the turn? 1500. The turn is the um, offsuit nine. Okay. No flush size. Ace, eight, three, turn nine. They go, check, check. Back to you, Ken. 1500 in there. How much are you betting now? Now that you size down on the flop and you bet your little one six pot or one fifth pot, or it's ace eight nine three, ace eight, three, ace eight nine. three nine. They go check, check back to you. No flush trials, no nothing. And what are you betting now? How much is in the pot? 1500. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going, uh, uh, two thirds pot, one, one thousand. Bang, 
I hit it. That's the nuts. Woo! Sign me up for Brando's masterclass. Cause I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally on the, the computer saying bet at least 66% of the pot on the turn when firing a second Dude, continuation. Two thirds. Yes. I love the two thirds bet. So now we're into where Kenny's comfortable. Two thirds is probably your, your standard bet. I would assume. Yeah. I like a good one two-thirds half bet. to two thirds. I feel more comfortable of- in later streets. I'm not as comfortable uh, on the flop, it's just the flop size bets that always get me off because I feel like in the turn, obviously, so much changes because now you don't have the hopeful of there's two cards left that I can hit my hand or make a hand. I only have one chance left, so it's like that finality of you're down to one card. It's like, am I going to call this in hopes of the river? And then it's like, well, even if I hit my hand, am I going to get paid off on it? Which is always something I'm thinking when I'm on the other side of the, you know, the passenger side of this. Um, gets a little bit tougher, but go ahead. So I nailed it. Two thirds pot. That's it. in position. I mean, I'm very happy with that that play. I feel good. I feel good about my play right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a tournament this weekend. So um reading out, straight folks. reading straight from the internet. You want your betting range to be comprised of hands that will be able to value bet on the river very often and hands that have a decent chance to improve to the best hand on the river. Well, obviously on ace eight three nine, um, you know, there isn't gonna be many hands that have a decent chance to improve on the river because you know, we're kind of, this is kind of a lockdown board. I mean, an ace right. is kind of the strength here, mm-hmm. but so we also, we want to be betting again for value and then be able to have the pot be a nice number where we bet a thousand and then let's say one of the guys bows out and one of the guys calls. Now we're heading to the river 3,500 in the pot. We got top pair jack kicker. And I mean, we're kind of loving life. We're going yeah. heads up. There's no draws. There's nothing. I mean, maybe he see like this is one of those things. Maybe you invite something like Jack Ten suited with a backdoor flush draw to just call two hundred on Ace Eight Three, hoping to bang a pivot card of a nine. Right. And they do. So now we're betting a thousand to charge them for sure. all such hands. I like and that. I mean, again, if if we run into the single combination of Ace Nine where they bang a three outer, we just lose. If we run into the nine eight suited, okay, that's one hand that they can have that that now beats you. It's like it, it is what it is. You're you're just willing to risk that flop bet to now get action from some more hands on the turn, and then or just take it down. And you know you got a you got a street of value from from two guys, and you take down a small pot, and you didn't have to risk that much. And when you were bluffing with king queen, you do the exact same thing, and they finally give you credit for an ace, and they fold and. You know, you're nickel and diamond through the tournament. And this is what Daniel Negrani, he plays small ball, you know. You don't ever want to just play huge pots here with ace-jack in the middle of the tournament. You want to play small pots. Again, let's say you're playing ace-jack against ace-10. What are the odds in those? 70-30 or 80-20? 70-30. Pre-flop. It amazes me. It's like somebody says, do you want to play Russian roulette for 70-30? I'll give you 70% chance to win. Like most people go, fuck no, that's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing when you think about your tournament life as an actual life. Where you don't get to redo it. Yes, seventy thirty is an awesome advantage, but you still lose thirty percent of the time. That's like one and a half times out of five. <laughs> that's good math. Ah, uh, yeah, uh huh. I mean, two two out of ten, but same three out of ten, same <laughs> shit. But it sounds like one and a half out of five sounds so much better. It's almost two out of five times you lose. Not quite that bad, but pretty close. It's nuts. What else you got us? All right, so I like right. that one. So now we're going to the river. River. Say so there's 10,000 chips in the pot. Don't Ooh. know how we got there. Don't know what we got. People like this over, over jam river, this 2X pot, this huge polarizing wager on the river. Mm-hmm. When are you supposed to do it? When are you not supposed to do it? Yeah, 10,000 in there. I just, you check to me. I just say, 25,000, Kenny. Oh, like a massive overbet? Yeah, like a 2x pot size overbet. Holy Double pot. shit. And you can't really bet more than pot. And, and, TLL, I, but and I'm stuck with my baby ace jack? Nah, don't worry about don't worry about what hands we got. I'm just saying when should I when should I Brandon be doing that and when should I not be doing that? Oh, I have no you have me but it's not that's not a That's not even in your It's not playbook. even in my wheelhouse. That's not something I've ever thought of. I have never once in my entire life over grossly bet the pot like that 
in any way, shape, or form. And anybody who does it to me, I'm just like, you're an idiot. I'm going to get all those chips eventually. At that point, I'm hoping somebody else doesn't get his chips before I do. Okay, see, but this is now this is now a real life play in 2024. Jesus, that, that pros are doing. Damn Gen Zs. So there's basically <laughs> damn Gen Zs. I know the Gen Zs blew right over it. I mean, me as a boomer, say? I can't. I don't know how to overbet two and a half x the whole pot. That's crazy. Go ahead. How, what? What? Why do I do that? Why do they do that? Three times that we should be doing it. Three times. One with Stone Cold Nuts. Okay. Obviously. I like that play. Two. I don't do it. I like it's not in my my repertoire, but I might add it. Go ahead. Two. You you do need to be adding it when, when you have the nut you advantage. Make a flush and you just feel that they have a flush as well. Yeah, like a queen or well, king high. When you feel like you got them coolered or the uh-huh. hands just playing out like you set over just set them. Massively or... overbet the pot. <laughs> like I dare you to call me. Two. Okay. When you're bluffing, but blocking the nuts. So I have the ace of spades. There's three spades out there, and I'm going to overbet block my big giant and hope that the king high flush, queen high flush, 10 high flush, eight high flush, they get out. Well, it's a good play. If Even if the king or the queen is thinking about it, I mean, what, what, when, what about when they don't have it? Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, they're definitely the not calling. Correct. If you can get the second or third nuts to fold, you know it's, it's a great play. Good. Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree with that. Third time. Um. This also is another bluffing spot is when they have a capped range. When they, as played, they only have a pair. They don't have the draws. They, like in the, in the ace eight threes, when they call the flop and call the turn, I mean, sure, sometimes they can be laying in the weeds with a set of threes. Okay. Their, their range is pretty capped to having a pair. So when they can only have a pair and they can't have the two pairs and they can't have the draws that got there. Right. That's the time you want to be bombing the river because you're going to put them to the test with what you know is a pair. Sure, that pair could be better than yours. Maybe it's ace king. In order for you to lose the hand, they need to make a bad play. They need to make a bad play. That's correct. That's and then you shouldn't be mad analytics. about it. Yeah. Nope. So I think that, you know, people are overvalued or not overvalued. They are overbetting two and three X pots. However, I think it's pretty much always with the nuts. Because they want to put it into their game, but they don't have the stones or know when to do it to when do it's it not when, the nuts. Yeah. Because I find myself, personally, when I'm overbet bombing, I pretty much got it. Because I know it's a cool and correct play sometimes. I'm going to do How, that next to my river the nuts. I'm just going to jammy jam, big giant fat bet. Just put them to the test. Yeah. People think you're bluffing. Or it makes them start to think of it. It's like if you do that tricky, like, I'll just bet the pot 2500 or, or five, whatever the hell it was, 10000 Yeah, I, I understand now. It's like, well, why would they do that with the nuts? It's like you're never going to get a call. It's like they start doing the double thinking of like, well, why would you do that with the nuts when you're you, – I, I would have called for 5000 Like half pot, I would have called, you know, but you just went 3x the pot. It's like I priced myself. I'm not even, I don't even care if you're bluffing. Ooh. I do like that play. And it just it it makes for damn, a very Gem Z's are good. I know, and it's it's the damn computers, and they're all studying and computers. I've never looked at I a mean, range chart my whole life. Spitting out eight percent of the time, you should be two point five potting the river, and it's like, damn. All right, cool. Let me mix that in there. Eight percent of the time? Nah, I'm just making up numbers, oh, okay. but I'm but you. I'm just saying, like four percent of the time. They're spitting out these exact numbers, Dude. and you have to figure out so gross. when you're going to fit that into your game. I've never Which done is, it in 40 years of poker. I should probably start doing it more often. And you should be doing it with some bluffs. Uh-huh. Figure out a spot where you're like, man, Ooh, I Brandon, I, I promise you, yes. first time I do this, I'm not going to have the nuts. I'm just going to Yes, you're definitely going to just be bluffing. I'm totally going to get called, and I don't care. Where the hands played out, and you're just like, God, I'm beat here. And he's like, you know what? But this guy's probably only got a pair of aces. Right. Bam. Can't beat two 000. pairs. Can't beat the flush draw that got there. There's a little, it, the board's awfully wet, you know? Oof. Right. And, and, you know, tournament chips are valuable. People don't want to lose all those chips with a stupid pair and then go back to their backer and be like, well, I had ace king and I slapped an ace. And then, you know, he just, he puked all over himself and bet three times the pot on the river. I just mm-hmm. had to call him off, and then he showed me a flush. I had to do it. I yeah. had to do it. Obviously, he's got a flush. I had to <laughs> do know? it. Uh, um, that's start, good. 
So we, we hit some pre-flops, we hit some post-flop C-bets, we hit the turn C-bet percentage on the nose at, at uh, 66%. We hit some river oversize. I mean, I think there's. I think we could probably do a bet sizing part two. Um, I think there's so much to talk about with this type of idea because we didn't even... I mean, we talked about downsizing because we talked about why, you know, like, but we didn't... I mean... I've never thought of it like downsizing. I just kind of gauged a pot. And yeah, and I get it. I think of like downsizing. I think of it more as like pot control. Like I want to control the size of the pot so that the later bets don't uh don't, yeah, are, are affected it. by it. Hundred percent. But like I only think of that in terms of I don't correlate that as much with no limit hold'em as I do with pot limit Omaha. Right. Like if I've got a hand like that ace jack that you're talking about where. I'm not going to improve a ton or I got to really turn a, some, a better draw or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I will make a bet because I don't want to check back and just give him a free turn. But yet, like, I'll, I think about those things, whereas I, I don't feel like I do that as much in No Limits. So it'll definitely be something to to think about because I, I love the idea of not wanting to bloat the pot. I think that's a key kind of thinking point. Uh, at least it's a flaw in my game that I know of that. I end up bloating the pot so much that I get people that want to get in or, you know, I, I'm really not giving them like, well, he could have any. I'm like, oh, he's got one of three hands and that's it. And I, my play gets much. And then I'm playing just the cards, right? Where if I'm I'm fading. Yeah, you turn into just playing the cards. I'm just playing the cards. So if I run good, I have great sessions. If I run bad, I have bad, you know, I'm just screwed. Or in my mind, I think I, I run bad, but I kind of entice these people to to f- call all the way down with my diamonds, and they got diamonds, and I'm too stupid to fold. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I call. And they just 3x the pot in the river. Yeah, like, you get yourself wrapped into the bloated pots, which right. you don't want to do. And it, I think this is a nice way of giving yourself an out of, well, it was a budget, it was a... a it was an Aldi trip of grocery shopping. I'm not going to Whole Foods. I always go to Whole Foods, but that shit's wildly expensive. It's like, it man, I got out of hand fast. Inflation's even there's, worse. There's so much material online that goes way more in depth than we're ever even talking about right now. Situationally, hand range. Well, know, how many big blinds you have? Correct. Three there's betting, so many different factors. Betting. Yeah, but there's just a so good basis much to think about it. You guys can study this stuff for literal months if you want to. You can go down a bet sizing rabbit hole, and you would never even think to realize that to there's the that side. much that goes into it. Yeah. You know, Kenny's just looking at his hand. He's betting 60% flop, 66% turn, half pot river, mm-hmm. trying to get three streets of value. Doesn't know why. Doesn't know what he could have done differently to get an extra six big blinds or save six big blinds. It's really key that you say that because you're right. It's probably the difference. Most of us, I would say, have if you're a good poker player, and, and I like to think the listeners are, right? Like you have good intuition and you gave it to me. I didn't have any idea what the ranges say or what they are. I'm just like, yeah, I think like two thirds feels right here. And it was, right? Oh, you're close. You're a little bit under. But what you just said there is where you could save yourself six big blinds over the course of a, a tournament. Imagine if you could get six big blinds more out of a tournament, every tournament you played in because you did these specific types of, you know, game theory. Well, you would be down to 10 lines, but now I'm at 16. 16. There's a huge difference. I mean, I I don't, it's stupid to say, but massive difference. It's stupid to think about, but when you think about it when the way, like, well, if you didn't make these little teeny tiny mistakes that added up to six big blinds less than, you know, and then when you have good runs and you have good tournaments, those don't matter because you won the hands and you end up winning more and it doesn't matter you win, you know, but we're talking about like the, you know, the regular tournament. Ah, that's super interesting to me to think about it in that terms of you could save yourself six big blinds over the course of a tournament. Imagine if you're well, playing then, the Yeah, and then, and then you event. double up and then you double up and you got 32 as opposed to 20. Oh, shit, I don't even think about double ups. You're right. My you know 10 I mean? turned like, into 20, which is still a short stack, 16 to 32. Wow, you're fine, and then you're, you, you you're, rip you're another big pot later where you're allowed to do so because the stack to pot ratio is not forcing me to go all in. I can get a fold out of it, not even have to show down my hand. Now my thirty two turns into forty something. Well, man, that yeah. you know, it's exponentially, oof. and it's all because you decided to bet two thousand with Ace King on an Ace High board, right? As opposed to fifty five hundred, correct? Because yeah, got the no guy colors. has set. The guy, well, the guy had a set and he got coolered. Right. But like, your your bet sizing 
the same thing would have happened on that 2000 as it happened on 5500. You just leaked that 3500 away. Yeah. You don't even notice it because you got cooler or you lost a hand or, oh, what could I have done differently? Well, people always say, what can I do? What could I have done? Like in terms of like the hands resulting and the equities playing out of you having zero equity and the guy having 100 equity. Sure, there's nothing you could have done differently for the card run out, but like your stack size after the hand could be different. Could be different. Oh, the guy back. The guy went runner, runner hearts on me. I lost 80% of my stack. Okay, cool. But what if we size things differently and the guy went runner, runner hearts and I only lost 40% of my stack? Correct. Sure, it's still zero to 100 and I still lost the pot and I'm still tilted. However, my chip stack is 19 bigs instead of 13. And right. here we go. Wow, it's kind of all I got. Yeah, it almost. No, no, I think that's. I think that's wildly. Uh, to me, I've never thought of it in that way, and right, I, it's like I don't, those little micro mistakes. Yeah, and everybody that you're knows I'm not a, making. Yeah, I'm not a super like analytical type of poker player. I like to feel around, and some days I feel like I'm feeling it. I, I feel great. And other days I feel like a blind man walking in the expressway. I'm just waiting to get whacked by a car. You know, you're probably gonna get whacked. Uh, it's just, you're, and, I mean, that's the truth, and it's a horrible analogy, but it's the truth. Like it's you're just waiting to get knocked out of the tournament, and that's what's going to happen. And I, I feel bad about that, but I like this. I like the idea of thinking about your bet sizes in this way to save yourself six big blinds over the course of a tournament, which inevitably could be the difference between cashing in a tournament and busting the tournament. Uh, and that seems like a no-brainer. Uh, well, this is one of our longer episodes. If you have any questions or thoughts or want to hit us up, Twitter's the best way to do so, at the Overlay Pod. Um, you can go to our link tree, uh, which is in all of the show notes, if you know what those are. If you're w- listening to this on your computer, go to ccgpoker.com slash the overlay pod. All the information's on there as well. You can just do a regular old Google search. Google the overlay, a poker podcast, and we're the first ones that show up, which is great. Um, yeah, hit us up on Twitter if you got some ideas on bet sizing. If you always have show... Um, ideas we will take those as well and uh we are much more likely to give away some free stuff uh t-shirts hats sweatshirts deep stack seats at ccg that we've got to give away um we actually just got an email from i didn't even tell brandon this yet uh sorry i'm trying to look up my email at the same time but from sponsorship opportunity from america's card room poker tournament so yeah that's a thing that might be coming up soon. So who knows what kind of cool shit we have to give away. Um, hit us up on Twitter at the overlay pod. Make sure you hit us a follow, like us, subscribe, do all the good stuff. Say hello to us at the next uh, event that you see us at. And uh, Brando, we're going to be gearing up for the WSOP circuit event coming up soon at, at the Hammond, right? When is that? It's got to be soon. It's normally like late Feb, early March. I think it's early March this year. Oh yeah. Because uh, that's the one you won right before COVID. Correct. Yep. So, I'd like to get that going back again. So, yeah, see us at the WSOP soon or at a CCG event coming near you. Brando, lead us out of here. We'll do a part two, guys. And yeah, for we'll, sure. We'll uh, come up with some specific examples and some charts. and Like how to play know, against Greek actually... John in a cash game. <laughs> or Dan <laughs> the Ghost. That would be a nice lesson for you. <laughs> it's too good. All right, we'll All see right. everybody next Farewell, time. Farewell, everyone. Bye.